The Holy Gospel according to John, the fourth chapter. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, And who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have come to keep coming here to draw water. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It was Luther, wasn't it, who said that music is a fair and glorious gift of God? Do I have, yeah. Which it certainly is. We are blessed here at St. Philip the Deacon with a beautiful um, music program. And Chris Marshall, our bassoonist this morning, is a member of the church and a member of the Minnesota Orchestra. He was planning to play here anyway, but it feels particularly appropriate during this season, uh, both of Lent and this season, uh, to have a bassoonist with us. So thank you, all of you, again. Um, As I mentioned in my welcome, uh, this (laughs) is all very strange, preaching to an empty congregation, worshiping without people here, other than a few. Um, But for reasons that I hope will become clear, I actually want to begin with something normal and routine for us and for millions of Christians around the world by referencing the appointed gospel for today, this third weekend of Lent. The gospel comes from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John. The reading is actually an unusually long one from which we heard only a portion of the verses today. It's the story of the encounter between Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. We started this morning with verse 7, which reads, A Samaritan woman came to draw water. The verse right before that, though, reads very simply, It was about noon. And I want to start with that seemingly simple and innocuous sentence, It was about noon. If you had to go and draw water as part of your daily routine and you lived in a hot, arid climate, do you think you would choose to do that at noon? No. You would do it first thing in the morning or later in the evening when it was cool and the sun was not so high in the sky. This woman, though, goes at noon precisely because she was unwelcome at those normal times. She was an outcast. She was rejected by others in her society, which means she was isolated alone, and very likely sad and unsettled and anxious as a result. Sound familiar? 
We're hearing lots of those words these days, aren't we? We're feeling the need to isolate from one another for reasons of health, to try to slow down the spread of this virus, which is leaving all of us feeling understandably unsettled and worried and anxious. In the midst of this isolation and anxiety, the first thing I want to say this morning is this. Just as Jesus showed up for the Samaritan woman in the midst of her isolation and anxiety, so Jesus shows up for us. In the communication we sent out late in the week about our decision to suspend activities for a time, we cited Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Or more simply, Jesus himself says, I am with you always. Even in the midst of strange and unsettling times like this, maybe particularly in the midst of strange and unsettling times like this, God is with you. So that's the first thing I want to say today. We are not alone in this. God is with us. This same truth that God is with us is reinforced by Martin Luther's most famous work, the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. You may know that the hymn is based on Psalm 46, which begins, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. That's the basis of the entire hymn, that God is with us, that God will not desert us, that God will protect us, that God will fight for us. We all know the hymn well. What you may not know, though, is that Luther wrote the hymn, both the words and the music, between the years 1527 and 1529. That is important and significant for us today because in 1527, the Black Plague, which ravaged Europe on and off for centuries, descended upon Luther's home of Wittenberg. And so it is reasonable and likely to assume he wrote the hymn in response to that event, which was terrible and traumatic and frightening. Luther knew something, therefore, about what we are going through. I mention this because Luther's experience and the experience of pretty much everyone else who has ever lived is that life inevitably presents us with difficulties and challenges and hardship and pain. Now, please do not mishear what I am saying or misunderstand me. I am not, for a moment, diminishing or minimizing the seriousness of this current pandemic. I am not taking the Minnesotan path of, well, it could be worse. What I am saying is that this type of event is not as unique or novel as we may initially think. The entire history of humankind is filled with these types of experiences. And I do believe that putting our current experience in this kind of longer-term perspective can be and is healthy and helpful. C.S. Lewis, who I know I turn to with some frequency, reinforces this point in a number of his writings. He encourages us to put our current circumstances, whatever they are, and no matter how awful they seem in the moment, and he lived through some particularly terrible times, he encourages us to put those experiences in the long view. He writes, for example, do not begin by exaggerating the novelty of your situation. Life, he writes, has never been normal. Even those periods which we think most tranquil turn out on closer inspection to be full of crises, 
alarms, difficulties, and emergencies. This is not the first time in history, in other words, that we are faced with these crises, alarms, difficulties, or emergencies. And because of that, because in a way these crises and emergencies are the collective story of our human history, our faith has something important to say about what we should do in a time like this. And here again, I turn to Martin Luther, who not only wrote the hymn, A Mighty Fortress, in the wake of the plague after it descended on his home, but also wrote a pamphlet about the plague and what Christians are called to do in the face of it. In that pamphlet, Luther counseled that in the face of events like this, the Christian's most important duty is to care for our neighbor, to love our neighbor. In other words, to live out your life as a Christian as you would under any circumstances, adapted to the particular challenges of this time and place. Specifically, in a moment like this, Luther admonishes us in that pamphlet to care for the most vulnerable, to follow the best medical advice available, and to avoid unnecessary risks, all of which we are trying to do here at St. Philip the Deacon. Luther actually said something specifically in that pamphlet that affirms and reinforces our decision for the time being to suspend activities. He writes, and I quote, I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus infect and pollute others and so cause harm as a result of my negligence. Again, all of this is a way right now that we are called here to love our neighbor and we will continue to discern in the weeks and months ahead other ways we can more fully care for those around us, especially the weakest and most vulnerable. As I close, I want to return to the Samaritan woman at the well. If you read that story in John, you will not find her name mentioned, but the early church soon gave her a name to celebrate her importance and significance. They called her Photin or Photina from the Greek word for light. We have words like photon from that word. And they referred to her as the luminous one or the one who shines. They acknowledged her, as should we, as a saint of renown. Through her faithful witness, prompted again by Jesus reaching out to her at the well when she was isolated, afraid, and alone, she ended up sharing the gospel even to the point of giving her life for it and became known as one who was equal to the apostles. In our time, in this time, in these circumstances, I pray today that we may follow her footsteps. I pray that we might not live out of fear, but out of freedom, trusting that God is indeed with us. I pray that we might live not out of a sense of isolation, but out of a strong sense of community, trusting that even while we are separated physically, we are still connected to one another as brothers and sisters by God's love. I pray that we might live not out of a sense of hopelessness, but out of a sense of power, trusting that God can and will use us as God used Fotina to bring light and hope to a world filled with darkness. My dear friends, I do look forward to the day we can gather again here together. In the meantime, I also look forward to how God will use us to spread his love and light to a world that is most certainly in need. May God bless us all as we re respond to that call. Amen.